Hello, and welcome to Frank and Chipper. This is part two of the vaccine series that we're doing. Today, we talk with Annie Bertrand, who used to work in the pharmaceutical industry and now has a different perspective and take on how things are done. So it's been really interesting hearing both sides of the story. And since this is a two-part series, we're just going to get right into the interview. So let's get to it, and we'll see you after the interview. It's Frank and Chipper, here we go. It's time for some real talk, let's start the show. We're bringing all things cannabis to you. Political, pregnancy, and race issues. Take control of your health and of your life. With Frank and Chipper, let's do it right. That's, that would be fun, and that's yeah. great. Because you, you, so uh, you two do so much. Yeah, you guys just do so much. I mean, you ladies do so much. Yeah. Jordan is the one that taught me that I'm not supposed to say guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so funny because, yeah, we, when that happened, was a, a whole thing, and I actually I realized it, and I told her. I was like, do you realize what I'm doing with the word guys? And she like adopted it right away. It was a click. And then she would catch me all the time. And I was like, fuck, why did I even fucking say this to her? Because I was getting annoyed. I was getting so mad with like her telling me every time. So funny. <laughs> I, I catch myself um, doing it. I keep, I just try to correct myself real after because I realize how much I do. Yeah. You just say it naturally so many places. And then it's like, yeah, why do I say that all the time? I don't know just interesting yeah. but yeah, yeah wild. i don't know if you um if you ladies have seen the the new like remake of the craft the craft movie you know like the witchcraft it's like a they remade it they remade yeah. oh, no i did not see that no. <laughs> yeah they remade it and this whole thing is part of it this like this, this person comes up and is like guys and then they're like wait no you're all ladies and oh my god and women with an x and no 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 like it was the whole thing and i was just like oh, okay happening in the media but yeah it's all it's all the movies and the things we yeah, you know, we just don't even realize you know what else I realized it's like yeah from movies I realized like what is normalized is like women slapping men like as a response you know yeah. think of how normalized I that thought is, of that you know? too yeah <laughs> like and when does that ever happen all, what's that yeah I mean I'm like I've done that and I'm not proud to say it after I realized I was like wow like you know because it's like you realize I'm having kids like that's it it's like you try to tell them like be gentle and you smack them and you're like oh i'm telling you be gentle i'm smacking your hand while i'm doing that like there's a disconnect mm -hmm. right and yeah i mean you realize i was like oh shit <laughs> it's been normalized that it's an appropriate response to anger slap men <laughs> what yeah yeah actually i watch <laughs> a media. lot of older older movies and i'm like oh my gosh i never want my kids to see this this is so sexist like chick flicks female <laughs> me Both. too i used to be i used to be obsessed with chick flicks and now i'm like oh <laughs> uh, yeah me too me too yep i hear you you codependent oh. bitch stop it right get rid of that piece of shit who's been dragging you along like quit pining after him and like trying to win his approval and yeah oh, all of those yeah. things <laughs> yeah there you go it's all disempowerment programming it's like i know that people think i'm like really intense and that's it that we're really intense with guys and what you watch and then and, and all but it's just like yeah, it's like my God, like it's just everywhere. We've been desensitized and disempowered everywhere. It's a yeah. really, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Start to deal wrapping with. that. There's no. I mean, it just only you only find more and more. You can't. You don't find yeah. less. You know, you can mm -hmm. only find more. 
the only option. Yeah, exactly. Books that you recommend, like on social conditioning or that or something, anything that you're like that you think of that you're like, oh, that just really opened my eyes to a, a lot of things or. Um, or are you mostly like internet? It's mostly, yeah, I'd say it's mostly mm -hmm. from like Instagram. It's mostly been from like, yeah, my personal experiences, all the times that I've been like wronged by systems that I'm just like, huh, mm -hmm. this doesn't sit me sit right. And then I end up working. Yeah. And there's a lot of like, yeah, like truthers on like Instagram. And um, I don't use Google, I only use DuckDuckGo because that's it. The, the findings are, yeah, like the, mm -hmm. the, the results yeah. are completely different. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I researched. That's what I empower like our mom birds to do. And that's what they do in our true self program. It's really, it's like find something that if it hasn't sucked well with you, that you feel like this isn't right. And it's just, you don't understand why it is the way it is. And then go, go researching, you know, go looking at the history. It's really understanding history. I think that that's what makes me mm -hmm. understand social conditioning. It's seeing how it's, yeah, social conditioning is like, it's socially like, constructed yeah, from history, history. <laughs> it literally is you know and it's like mm -hmm. people's perceptions and their all their lived experiences are they're based basically it's their lived experiences bases their perception so it's like when you have this type of pandemic and you have this type mm -hmm. of base scenario that everyone has in common you know it's all the same sort of but it's very different and individualized but they all have this thing in common where you can influence their perceptions because of this you know, they, they say it's like, we're all in the same storm. We just, some of us have different boats, you know, like you might be on a yacht and I'm in a fucking rowboat, but we're all in the same storm, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's it. That's how you influence like public perception and really changing of habits and all that stuff. That's yeah. Full circle. Pharma marketing, changing of habits. <laughs> I really had a lot, a lot of guilt and shame for like spending time in the pharma industry. And now I'm like, oh, it was to see on the inside, to be able to support, you know, to be able to give this type of testimony to, to say, you know, and yeah, yeah just to say it, it just didn't sit well in my heart. You know, <laughs> that story that I told you, it was really for purpose. And that's it now. It's like, I'm ready to share that story because it's so important with what's happening right now that I don't even care anymore. If people will call me a quack or off my rock, rocker or whatever. Like I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> like I know where I stand. It's Frank and Chipper. Here we go. It's time for some real talk. Let's start the show. We're bringing all things cannabis to you. Political pregnancy and race issues. Take control of your health and of your life. With Frank and Chipper, let's do it right. Today we're meeting with Annie Bertrand. She is the co-founder of Mother's Mary, a cannabis-friendly place for moms, and she is based out of Canada. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, Annie. <laughs> sure. Thank you so much for having me on. So like Kristen said, my name is Annie. I co-founded Mother's Mary, which is a social enterprise that basically helps moms to confidently step out of the status quo. Jordana and I realized, Jordana is the other co-founder, <laughs> and we realized basically that, yeah, everything in the world that is just the way it is and it hasn't been working really well, we want to change it because we have kids and it's really too important. And growing up, my God, I would always get told, like, I would always ask, why, 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 why? And then in the end, it would just be, because that's just the way things are, which 
never sat right with me. Oh my God, it would get under my skin. Because I was like, uh, okay, like I understand, but if there's a better or a different way to do it, why not? So yeah, I've always been like programmed that way <laughs> in, my, in my brain and my neurons. <laughs> yeah, that's such yeah. a great way of thinking about it. Parenting was really what sort of catapulted all of this and like awakening and just, yeah, realizing the law of things are just not working. When I first became a mom, I was actually still working in the pharmaceutical industry. So before founding Mother's Mary, I started my career working in pharma marketing. So I used to work <clears throat> for an agency and then I went client side as well. I originally went into it because I really, really love science and I really, really love helping people. So for me, it was like the mix of like the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. And I worked on drugs for like IBD and ulcerative colitis and things that really affect people's quality of life. Yeah, I had a really good like understanding of the impact that pharma can potentially make for some people. And yeah, I really like absolutely, I loved it. But then when I became a mom, I started questioning things even more because now I have like little ones to think of. So I don't yeah. take things at face value. Whereas before I took things a bit more at face value, especially when it came to like medicine and doctors and feeling like they knew best and such. So when I went back to work, with my first maternity leave, that's when a lot of red flags started coming up. I'll always remember this one time where my account director comes over to my desk all frazzled and she's like, we have an emergency meeting. Our client just got a black box label. And I'm like, I have no idea what we're talking about. Like, what is this? And I just know that we're all very frazzled and she's like getting our strategic partner, our big bosses to come in. So I go into this meeting and I'm ready to take notes and come to find out that a black box label warning is when your drug is in clinical trials and more people are dying with your drug than with the placebo. And so that's when you get a black box label and it's literally on the box itself. So that was the first time that I really was like, um, this, yeah, <laughs> like this is not fit right with me. So then the flags sort of started happening more and more, being exposed to this information, having access to product monographs and sort of all this information that people aren't really privy to that really goes directly to healthcare professionals. I was, yeah, I was just like fully immersed in it. So I started looking it up for things that were being prescribed for my children and for vaccines. And I was just like down a rabbit hole and it all like opened up from, from there. And two years and then I just I couldn't do it anymore like my soul at that point I felt like I was yeah I felt a hypocrite I felt like my soul was dying inside it was just like way too compromised with yeah with my values and such I don't know where I want to start <laughs> because you were talking about like it's not solely about you said there's like economic factors and stuff like that I guess one of my questions is are vaccines money makers or oh my goodness yeah Girl, they're the biggest, they're the biggest part of the pharmaceutical industry. To get your drug approved by the government is like ka-ching, ka-ching. Especially like everything ha has to do with like reimbursement and, you know, drugs being approved by here we have provincial health care and certain drugs are covered, certain drugs are not covered. But I learned from my time in pharma is that unfortunately when things get covered by like Canadian Medicare, it's not based solely on whether it's going to actually help them. It's not based solely on efficacy. It's also based on like economic factors. So whether it's going to financially make sense, you know, whether the system, like it's going to help the system more. It's really, it's really mind blowing to think that, yeah, like all these medications that could help people aren't covered by provincial healthcare because of like financial and social reasons, you know? So 
that was another pretty big flag for me. Yeah, that's interesting. Right, because then they say, you know, that they're going to like reimburse it and it's going to be part of the programs and things like that. But then to get a vaccine to not only be approved, but to be recommended, to be officially mandated on the official vaccination schedule, that is gold, right? Because you're, now your market share has gone to <laughs> millions and millions of people. And yeah, you don't even have to market it. You don't have to do anything for it. So for vaccines, getting it on the schedule is the ultimate goal, right? Okay. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a, yeah, it's a huge moneymaker because there's no liability. So if you don't mind, I just want to repeat what I think I heard is part of why it's a moneymaker is because they no longer have to pay for any liability insurance or lawsuit and they no longer have to pay marketing in this area. So it's literally just profit. Yeah, ba almost basically. So you can't sue vac like you can't sue vaccine makers mm -hmm. for damages and like side effects and things like that. It's an industry that is, it's like it's regulated, but it's not regulated in the sense of let's say offering solutions for people who have been hurt. They were being sued like left, right, and center. And so, man, the U.S. they went to the federal government and they said, you know, you want us to do these? You want us to create these vaccines for you to help with public health? you know, issues that you're asking us to do, but we're going bankrupt from all these liabilities and people suing us. They kind of basically put the government in a place where there's like, you want us to keep doing this for you, then you're going to have to give us immunity against being sued. And so that's how the VAERS program was put in place. And it basically took off all the let's say it took off all the responsibility on on vaccine makers. So what did you say that yeah. was? So the VAERS is the, I don't remember what, so it's V-A-E-R-S and it's like the vaccine injury database basically. So all the um, side effects that should be reported go there. And basically it's this system that has like its own like court thing. And that system is what pays out people if they, if like the judge determines that they've been injured by this. Almost by like, this kind of like its own insurance company yeah. sort of yeah okay exactly 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 it's like it's a whole own own thing own courts like own little entity that mm -hmm. pays out rather than going to regular court and suing the company mm -hmm. yeah my thought is also they're also have a the vaccine it's a product that is for all humanity every person that's born for the rest of forever at this rate, you know, because it is set on the schedule for every person. Exactly. Which is wild, super, super wild. What do you say to someone who says, what would happen if we didn't get vaccines for COVID or polio? Like, are, well, are you a believer in herd immunity? Do you think it's survival of the fittest, whoever's taking care of themselves the best? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not fully sure where I stand on um, on herd immunity because it's so focused on synthetic herd immunity. I feel like there's not enough like unbiased research for me to see really from the natural communities where it naturally happens. Like it's just wild though, but think about it. I was born in, in 1990, so like very early 90s, but basically it's like you still had chickenpox parties at that time where people would expose each other's kids to chickenpox to get it over and done with because it's far less dangerous to have it as a kid than it is as an adult, you know? Now, 30 years later, when I, for my kids, it's 
vaccines for chickenpox, you know? So it really just goes to show that the mentality and the paradigms, they evolve and they change, right? Based on what's happening. So I'm glad that you bring up polio because I mean, we'll never know for real, so like for sure, but there are documentaries that have alluded to this idea that polio was not actually eradicated from vaccines. It was at the same time that like plumbing was like up and coming. So like better, oh, yeah, better yeah. sanitary um, hygiene in terms of that's in terms of plumbing. So that was a, a big one. There's 100% polio, vac- like vaccine derived polio. Natural polio was eradicated, but now, and again, you can Google this, this one's not censored, that basically the polio, I believe it's in Africa, it's the vaccine derived polio. So it came from this vaccination campaign because a lot of vaccines shed. And this is true from the fact that if you walk to the, if you go to the hospital, you go to the cancer ward. I've done this myself multiple times when I was at the hospital. And <laughs> um, you go to the cancer ward on the door. It says if you have received vaccination in the last whatever, I don't know how long, it's like two to three days, you're not allowed on the floor because everyone has a really reduced immune system and you're shedding. So people are catching these diseases from vaccine shedding. Polio right now in Africa is the vaccine polio. So yeah, I'm not convinced that vaccines eradicated polio, to be honest with you. So the people that are getting polio in, you said Africa? Yeah, so now people who are getting polio, because they do swabs and stuff, like Mm -hmm. testing, they could tell that the strain is the vaccine strain of polio. So when somebody got the vaccine, they were shedding through their, you know, breath or whatever. Correct. They were shedding polio. And somebody yeah. caught it from them, just Correct. having the vaccine. Yeah. So, Correct. holy cow, what? <laughs> I know, I know. I've never Honestly, heard that. Like, I know, it's really, really wild. And yeah, I, me too, I had to like test it for myself. And that's why when I, when I saw the signs on the cancer word, I was like, ah, yep, okay, this is true. <laughs> There's a couple of pharmaceutical companies that are banned from India because of this type of situation, the vaccine-induced polio and things like that. So do you think that could happen with COVID vaccines? Like so many people are getting vaccinated, but then the numbers are on the rise. Is it possible it could be because of vaccine shedding? I mean, yeah, it's, it's possible. It's, it's hard to say because there are two different types of vaccines right now. I believe the Johnson & Johnson and the Pfizer vaccines are like regular types of vaccines that we've seen before. I'm not sure if they have viral shedding, but it's possible. And it's possible that it's leading to this. The other type of COVID vaccine, AstraZeneca and Moderna, which have this like whole mRNA technology, which is like freaking people out. And I'm not sure that that sheds because it's not viral. Like the flu vaccine, the one that you get in your nose, that one 100% sheds. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really wild. So this technology of mRNA has basically been brought over to these vaccines and they're saying that that's it they want to program it to i guess attack like the covid bacteria to me it's just like my biggest question was okay but then what happens to that if there's no covid in my system because there's nothing for it to do what do those cells go and attack and reprogram you know what i mean i don't believe that you can inject health for anybody it's just not how the immune system works right like the immune system you have certain mechanisms and organs and place of defense like the skin it's like the first barrier um, the tonsils, if you breathe in, the tonsils 
the first barrier. And then the second barrier is your gastric, you know, system and those types of acids and things like that, that affect like the bacteria or the viruses and that will kill them. And basically those are like, those are the systems that stop it, that trap it, that signal your immune system, like, hey, something's going on here. And then it brings over all the cells and the killer cells and things like that. And that's why, you know, you get tonsil infections when you have something going on in your throat, right? Because they're concentrated there. And that's where like it goes. But when we're injecting vaccines, like we're completely bypassing those immune systems and you're going directly into the veins or into the muscle, which goes really quickly into the blood. And that's why those seizures are really associated is because then the blood brain barrier, like you've essentially bypassed all of these other systems that your body has in place. And now what's in the vaccines is going directly into your brain. If not for everyone, but that's it for certain people who have these mutations or things like that, or even if you're just giving Tylenol before vaccinations, and this is like, you can Google it. This will actually come up on Google. It's not that censored, but like you're not supposed to give Tylenol before or after vaccination because it depletes glutathione and glutathione is basically what helps the body detox. So you want a lot of really good detoxification pathways if you've just injected all these things, you know, and then I say you have the blood brain barrier that gets impacted. And so you've just injected things directly into your blood. Your blood brain barrier is now thin. And so you end up having all like let's say heavy metals and things that go into the brain. And there's also a lot of studies showing that there's elevated levels of mercury in children with autism brains in Alzheimer's. There's, there have also been like retrospective studies that have looked and that have seen high levels of aluminum. My personal belief is that if you're going to be mandating vaccines for everyone in a one size fits all, you need to do genetic testing first and foremost, and then you can go ahead and mandate them like based on people's results, you know? So what would the reasoning for genetic testing, one of the things I asked Kelly, our immunologist, was, oh fuck, I just forgot what I was saying. I always try to like preface something with something <laughs> and then I question. forget what my initial thing was. <laughs> <sighs> we were talking about genetic, oh, testing. genetic testing. Okay, because yeah. one of the questions I asked her was, like detoxing from shots. And if you have that MT, the, I call it the motherfucker gene because it's like MTHFR. <laughs> Me too, it totally makes that connection in my head. <laughs> and it is a motherfucker because it has a lot of implications. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <gasps> <laughs> so do you think that plays a part in vaccine injury that kids aren't able to detox from the things that are put in vaccines and they have this gene, what would you be looking, what genetic markers would you be looking for? Yeah, 100, yeah, 100%. There's like no doubt in my mind, I've had both of my children genetically tested. So yeah, to backtrack in the story a little bit, my, when my son had his 12 month shots, so my son is my first, when he had his 12 month shots, he had seizures um, afterwards at night and like took him to the hospital, like freaking out. I'm like, my God. And they're like, it's totally normal. Like seizures are normal in kids. It's when they get a high fever. Didn't know any better. Still worked in pharma at the time. Had a bunch of people be like, yeah, that happened to my kids too. It's fine. Whatever. Okay. I like didn't really listen to like my intuition, but that planted the seed for me. And then my daughter, she had acid reflux starting right after her shots. So at four months old. 
and it was really, really horrific. And it led to me having like postpartum depression. She would just cry and scream for hours and hours. And we finally, I stopped breastfeeding. I changed the formula. I did all the things because it's supposed to be gastro related, right? It's to the digestive system. Did all the things and it got better. And, and she was finally doing well. And then we got her 12 month shots and it started again. But I didn't change the formula. I didn't change anything with the food. So that's when it was like light bulb. Like I was like, oh shit. And I was already starting to have more hunches now because I'm in like all the places on the internet trying to figure out what is going on with acid reflux. Um, end up in, you know, a lot of natural health groups, find all these leads, follow all the paths and end up in groups where people are talking about vaccine injuries. And now I'm starting to notice that there are a lot of commonalities with my daughter. And yeah, then when I realized right after the 12 month shots that it started again, I was like, okay, there is no doubt in my mind now. Um, so I stopped. I did not give her her 18 month shots because of all of this. And then I got genetic testing done because I had a hunch that she had this mutation from what I had figured out. And both my children do. Both my children have the CT66 7R, I think is what it's called. It's like a variation. Um, of, of this mutation and basically yeah, it was like written right there on black and white and basically what this gene does is it affects the body's own processes of detoxification producing glutathione and things like that that help our body like detox and that's it my kids genes and this whole like biological system was not working properly because of this mutation and they both had injuries from their vaccines so like to me it's like there's there's really no other way to explain any of this, you know, especially when I saw it on black and white. So definitely, yeah, I think that um, getting testing, like it should be, it should honestly be standard for everyone to have this type of genetic information. Um, I think the wealth of information is just wild. Like I realized that my, from, from doing that testing, I found out that um, my daughter has some other like different variances that make it very difficult for her to have gluten. So she's not fully like celiac. And if we were to do all those tests, like it wouldn't pick up anything. But because of this mutation, when I like looked it up, it's basically poison for me to give her gluten, um, which said like I would never know until we would develop problems later down the line. So yeah, I think that getting, getting this, that type of testing done is really, really important because it's, yeah, it just empowers parents to have those conversations. Like my doctor, she didn't push it. When I told her this, she didn't even know what I was talking about, to be honest. First of all, like my pediatrician did not know any of this, yeah. which I think is horrific and like criminal. And so then I told her why we weren't doing the vaccines. And I told her I got the like testing done. I sent her the reports by email. I sent her all the research. Like I, yeah, I think it's really important to advocate and move away from this idea and this paradigm that we're playing out right now that like doctors are like God and they know everything because they really don't. And especially in terms of vaccination, just last year, like in May, May 2020, there was a really like critical paper that came out looking at vaccinated versus unvaccinated children. Like it's just barely a year old. I bet you most most doctors haven't even read it. You know, another like little unknown fact about the vaccine industry: there are no double-blind placebo-controlled trials when it comes to vaccines. They either test they oftentimes they test it against another vaccine, not a true placebo, because it's just like the ethical concerns there are just like way too grand, you know, 
so people think that vaccines are properly tested and like they've done all this testing but yeah they ha haven't actually done most of the time they're not done against saline placebos they're done against another vaccine that's already been approved that's already on the market it's very difficult to create for ethical reasons to create these types of studies um so basically that's it with this study that I'm talking to you about, the new one of vaccinated versus unvaccinated children, that's it. They just looked at it retrospectively from the practice. So they took data from these doctors, like client notes, basically patient notes, and looking at it retrospectively, just who decided vaccinating and not vaccinating. So that you can't go and tell a family, you don't get vaccinated and you get vaccinated, you know, like, um, well, back in the day, you couldn't do that. <laughs> now in 2021, I'm like, Ugh. but anyways, so they That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> I, know. I know. So <laughs> they basically looked back over um, these 10 years at these client files, just who was doing it, who wasn't doing it. And they looked at it at the first year of life for developmental delays and asthma, ear infections, and gastrointestinal disorders. Basically, they, that's it. They noticed much higher all of these other things that I just listed, um, which they're called like ORs, but they basically they observed much higher ORs in the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated group for developmental delays, asthma, and ear infections. Mm. So basically they definitely saw that the unvaccinated kids were more healthy in terms of these chronic conditions. Interesting. Yeah. And I mean, it, for me, it just makes sense because that's it. I'm like, I just gave you the, the I'm like, I just gave you the answer and the whole thing about the gene mutations and the MTHFR, like that would have been my answer a year ago. And now with everything that's happening, I'm doing even more research and more understanding and more understanding of like biology. I'm doing this unrelated training, um, but it's a healing modality and that's very focused. You need to understand how the body works in order to like help it heal. So we had a whole module and units on the immune system and now like it is i believe so basically that's it these toxins have like nowhere to go your blood brain barrier is down because you've injected this thing you've taken tylenol like it's a very big storm for basically these heavy metals and these toxins to have like nowhere to go and they just end up staying staying in our bodies so yeah now what i know about the immune system and all understanding all that i don't think that, that anyone can really inject health it's actually it's based on like a flawed theory that the whole medical system is based on, which is basically um, Louis Pasteur's theory of germ theory. I don't know if you've ever heard of this name, but in science, basically Pasteur had this theory of like, you know, you can expose the body to a little particle of this germ and stimulate an immune response so that, you know, in advance of, you can prepare your immune system, right? And then your immune system will know what to do when or if it's faced with this actual pathogen. And so it's really focused only on the germ, right? It's focused only on this one germ or preparing your body system. And it pays absolutely no attention to the environment and the terrain and whether you eat well, whether you exercise, have good sleep, stress levels, et cetera, et cetera, right? Literally, the whole medical system is based on this theory, based on like because of what we were talking about with compartmentalizing the, like, the systems and the departments of, of like, medical care. And what's really fascinating, so this is like in the 1800s, I don't remember 18 what, but in the 1800s, and it's like so many things have changed since then, but not this theory, because literally the whole allopathic model is based on this theory. But at the very same time in history, there was like another scientist that had a completely different theory, and his name was Antoine Bichon, and his theory was basically about terrain theory, and it his idea is that it doesn't matter what pathogens and viruses and bacteria you're exposed to if you're keeping the terrain 
healthy and strong in the immune system with sleep and all these like you know all of these good healthy habits basically um which to me makes a lot more sense and is actually like proven when you go and look at how someone can die from pneumonia and someone else doesn't die from pneumonia right like it's the exact same germ it's the exact same thing but because perhaps the person who died had other underlying medical conditions therefore their terrain was weakened that's it they die from it whereas someone who's you know healthy and eating well and just yeah generally healthy their terrain is stronger that same pneumonia did not kill them right um so yeah it's really it's basically yeah it was like at a time in history where these two models were like completely different and basically pastas just got a lot more funding and money into it because of the pharmaceutical industry and what the rockefellers were trying to do with creating medical school and all those things and yeah basically his his theory like won <laughs> because of like profits understanding that i don't think that you can even ever truly inject health Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you don't believe <laughs> I'm like, it's a lot to take it. Yeah, I, do but, <laughs> I took notes. The <laughs> family is being so loud upstairs. I might have to move. Um somebody just went out the door. Hopefully they're gone. <laughs> Um, oh my god! I cannot wait till I get there. Till I have like teenagers, where it's just like, oh, they left. Okay, <laughs> now I'm just like, where are you doing? Where are you? Like, what? What? I can't hear you. <laughs> it's like, bye. It's either too quiet or too loud. Like <laughs> exactly. Yeah, maybe with toddlers. If it, yeah, if it's too quiet, we have a problem. <laughs> so instead of vaccines, what do you think people should do? Because am I hearing you correctly when you say <laughs> we shouldn't do vaccines? I mean, yeah, I really, I don't, I don't think that they're beneficial for, for like anyone. I don't, that's it. I'm like a year ago, I would have been like, oh, that's it. All the, the people who are, you know, genetically predisposed to not have a good detoxification pathways. I think that that's it. Those people definitely should not be vaccinated. But as it just keep getting a better understanding of the pharmaceutical industry, of allopathic like medicine, all of it understanding this now with, you know, Pestar versus Bishan, how all that went down like socioeconomically. Yeah, I just don't, I don't, I personally don't believe that you can inject health, period. It's just not how health is achieved. You know, health is achieved through eating well, through exercising, through taking care spiritually, mentally, emotionally, like all of it. And to think that you can bypass all those things and continue eating like, you know, fast food restaurants and not moving your body, but you can inject health. It's no like it's not yeah i the eating well has crossed my mind several times during this pandemic how you know they mentioned you know and eat well but there's really no information on that and i also think that our i don't know they use they it used to be food pyramid now it's called my plate or something and even mm -hmm. those things have an agenda behind them and how they're you know in the real information out there i mean a lot of people are getting information now about food and what is actually healthy however as a society still not really happening you know or really being forced so you go in the grocery store and i look around and think there's a very small percentage of this food that is actually good for your body mm -hmm. and the majority of the store is filled with the things that are not good for your body and so to filter through that is just even for somebody who has information or does 
believe in healthy eating or however you want to label it. Um, it's still overwhelming. And it's expensive. Do. I don't yeah. No, I think so many people are prohibited by the expense of healthy yeah. things. Yeah. And it's yeah, frustrating. It's I can buy a massive bag of chicken nuggets and feed my kids and macaroni and cheese and feed my kids for a lot longer than I can for buying fruits. Yeah, I would love for them to eat that stuff all day long. And it adds up. It really does. And I mean, yeah, like you ladies are, you're hitting the nail on the head, but that's the very first start of it. It's all this intertwined, very big loop of keeping people disempowered. I believe, and basically that's it. They're not eating healthy foods. And so then they need doctors very often because we're not taking care of our bodies. So then we, you know, need pharmaceuticals to support our body and what's happening. And then we become patients for life because oftentimes these things are chronic because no shit, they're late to our lifestyle. Like it's just, it all is a very well-oiled machine of not taking care of people and maximizing profits. It's apparent in like a lot of industries right now and they really all, they all go together. <laughs> all connected. Yeah, yeah. But that's it. You can actually, like, we can 100% support our immune system. We can find better health through, let's say, eliminating foods that are inflammatory to us, eating foods that are, like, let's say, superfoods that have antioxidants, that, you know, some of them are even detoxification foods. We definitely can support our immune systems better than through buying health through, like, ingesting it. But that's it. That's been completely taken away from society and been really disempowered this idea of natural health like this fully an attack on natural health happening right now and it's been happening for a few years leading up to all this which is very interesting mm. yeah, it's definitely been separated you're homeopathic or you're a medical doctor which you know why are they so separated we just completely eliminated evolution and biology over the history and existence of mankind, you know, like why can't they be together a little yeah. mesh a little better together, get along. <laughs> and I think yeah. more of those doctors are coming out. I don't know. Maybe it's just in my area, but they call them functional medicine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've heard of that as well. There's definitely, there's definitely people. So this is, what's very interesting from the medical industry and it's taken me a lot of healing to like get here because of, when I when I realized all of this with the pharma industry, I, I had a lot of you know pain and shame, and I felt terrible for feeding into it, and just like all of it, I had a lot of healing to do. And with everything that started happening with the pandemic, and you know doctors speaking up and things like that, I I was feeling a lot of anger, and I wasn't understanding how like yeah doctors could push certain messages and such. And anyways, I realized that we have an industry full of good people just a bad industry you know like so just like me when i first got into pharma because i like science and like helping people i do believe that a lot of doctors want to help people and they do love science and that's what they're for that's what they're in it for it's just that they're practicing in a corrupt system they're literally being taught corrupt like ideas and things right so that's it it's just they're just a product of their system it's the way they've been like taught in medical school you know they were literally like shaped this way and then i think that at one point in time a lot of them have these sort of like awakening type of situations where they realize, wow, like I do want to help people, but I don't like the policy. I don't agree with the system and things like that. And then and they end up opening their ways to seeing other types of healing modalities and things, you know, that have been around for a really, really long time and, and stuff like that. And 
then that's when you have like functional medicine and it really because it's like don't get me wrong like if my kid breaks his arm and he needs surgery to put his arm back in place like that's good medicine right like, I'm all for surgery of broken limbs and broke you know losing <laughs> losing limbs or limb function you know like that type of life-saving stuff I'm just not for that's it surgeries and pharma to deal with chronic things that don't address like the root cause of mm-hmm. the disease you know so many times yeah so many times we're treating the smoke instead of the fire yeah exactly i mean what the pharmaceutical companies are doing right now in partnership with like public health agencies is they're creating like abduction handlers that it's like this marketing speak for like how to deal with your patients like abductions with, with why they're not going to want to take this drug and they're doing that fully with vaccines, how to deal with like vaccine hesitant parents and how to basically convince them and how to address their concerns and such, rather than giving them the information and being like, here you go, like here, make a, make like an informed, informed decision. Yeah. The schooling that is done on immunizations is very, very, very little. Like it's, it's peanuts, it's hours compared to years of like medical school and residency and all these things. And that's it. The GPs, they don't know. They're like, it's really... somebody else is doing that job for me and I'll just promote it without really knowing yeah. all the education behind it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think so. I think that this like period right now is a very dark period of our medical history. And personally, I hope that it's in my lifetime, but I do believe that at least in my children's lifetime, vaccines will be added to the list of things formerly thought safe for humanity, like cigarettes and asbestos and DDT and glyphosate. There's all these products that they said at one point was okay. They used to like freaking tell people and pregnant women to smoke cigarettes to help reduce stress, you know? And like, we've seen that. Like, I'm sure if you've seen those ads, right? Like, we all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Science changes and has evolution just like the rest of the natural world. Exactly, exactly. I was just thinking about the other day how growing up, People always said science is never settled and it's always changing and evolving. And that's what's so amazing about it. And now what we've had happening in the past couple of years, and especially very much so in this last year, is don't question the science and how dare you question the science and who are you with your Google doctorate to question the science. It really really bothers me when people really like make fun of moms and disempower moms. Like, what do you know? Like you've been Googling. And I'm like, honestly, I've spent more time Googling this than what the doctor has learned in school. Like, no joke. Them, it was a two-hour seminar. I literally have at least 80 hours of research. With my daughter, I would breastfeed and rock her, and I would just literally read this for hours and hours and hours. And I save it, and I have all the PDFs saved and all the links. Like I said before, I read things directly from PubMed. Like, I will read the study itself, not even the article that was written about the study. Like, I'll read yeah. the study itself, you know? Yeah, that makes a huge difference. It really does. (laughs) A little bit more, even just by that one. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And it really shows that science can be bought and it is all the time. There have been like a few, you know, key papers and things that have been unpublished because they just went against the narrative of vaccines. You know, Dr. Andrew Wakefield always made an example of about how he's like this quack and you know, his study and was discredited and blah, blah, blah. And he's a gastroenterologist. He wasn't even doing this, but oh my God, his story is wild. Of course, it showed up in gastroenterology because that's it. The gut is like a huge part of the immune system, huge, huge, huge. And it makes sense that the gut would show um, a lot of side effects of vaccines because of all the like excretions that happens there, right? And so 
of course he saw it in his practice and then that's it. He was disbarred, taken away his license, all of it, completely attacked for his character because he lost his license. Then the paper, the, the journals that has published this paper, they were allowed to retract it and say that it wasn't done. They attacked the person on like a personal level, on bringing in question the ethics, on taking away the license because then that's it. You're not a licensed doctor. You can't be published in these really big journals. I watched Vaxxed and listen to Dr. Wakefield and the stories. I found that Dr. Wakefield, you know, one of the things he said in Vaxxed was, look, I was a gastroenterologist. I don't have any skin in this game, but I started listening to what these parents were saying and looking at videos of these children who were fine. They went and got the vaccination. They can't stand up anymore. They can't walk anymore. Not saying they never will, but it obviously caused some sort of delay. Many of them caused autism. Well, I can't say it caused it, but they're claiming that it caused autism. And also hearing this guy from the CDC who doesn't know he's being recorded saying all these things that match up with Dr. Wakefield's study, it's terrifying to me that he was debunked and told can't carry your medical license anymore when it appears that his study to me was spot on with what the cdc guy was saying and what's scary to me is that that can happen in plain sight people can be bought people can be bribed it's scary <laughs> It is. It really is. I didn't realize that a lot of this stuff was going on. It totally depends on how, you know, your media portrays things because there are other places in the world where they don't have as many vaccines on the schedule. In Japan, I believe, like they don't vaccinate kids before two because of the immune system and, and things like that. There have been countries who have that's it, put their whole vaccination programs on pause because they've seen correlations and things like that. And I think it's really, really wild that it's like not talked about at all for us and like in North America, like it's just vaccinating, it's such a normal thing that people don't even question without risk, you know? Yeah. yeah. It really, yeah. It culturally, like in the way it's positioned with the media, it really, it really matters. Yeah. For sure. I find it, yeah, interesting that if you say that there's a country that put it on pause, I mean, I just appreciate the idea that they're like, well, maybe we'll at least look at this. People are concerned and here it's, you know, I do know the doctor and it's like, let me just tell you why you're wrong for being concerned. And that information is inaccurate. It's not even looked at or considered, you know, which I realize mm -hmm. I'm not a professional, but I do feel like I'm not the only one who heard this or, you know, there's a whole uh, country out there. It's not just me. So I think it should be looked at or at least considered or thought of, you know. Yeah, exactly. But you know, what made me realize that this was without a doubt true and all of that corruption was because of cannabis because I went down this rabbit hole of trying to understand how cannabis got to where it was with the propaganda with the government saying that there are no therapeutic benefits meanwhile they're holding a fucking patent on CBD like you know no so I was just like oh they did it to cannabis they lied in this way and now I know the truth why can't they do it in pharma and with vaccines it's like cannabis just like blew the lid on everything <laughs> so I was like that's it you can lie about this and you're keeping this away, CBD can, you know, teach the as well, but they, they've known that like cannabis can help with cancer and they 
kept it away from people and said that there were no medical benefits. So I'm not really surprised that they've known the side effects of vaccines, but they've kept it away from people. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. But it, it is very sad and it's very heartbreaking. And all this played a huge part of my postpartum depression. Huge, huge part. It was the biggest, I lost faith, faith in like the whole world. Like everything that I ever thought was like good and true, um, all of it, all of it was just like corruption. It was really, it was hard. Yeah. So when we talked with um, Kelly, she said that the amounts in the vaccinations are so minuscule. And I, you mentioned mercury earlier and, you know, there's mercury in our foods like fish and stuff like that. So why, why are the ingredients in vaccines always under fire by anti-vaxxers or, you know, I don't want to put a label on it. (laughs) I mean, I think it really, it's because of the lack of transparency, you know, like the first thing that you touched on and the same difference between ingesting and injecting, which we talked about before, right? When you're ingesting, Mm -hmm. you have all of these immune responses that are in place that are going to neutralize this. Um, unless you have other issues, which that's it. Again, a lot of times people who end up having vaccine injuries have, you know, other like cofactors that, that affect. And so, um, yeah, ingest, eating something, ingesting it versus injecting it, it's, it's a very big difference because then when you're injecting it, you're bypassing all those systems. So I think that's the first part where there's like lack of transparency and that differentiation. And then yeah, the, just the transparency of what's actually in vaccines, you know, like some people that are, you know, pro-life and things like that didn't even realize that there are fetal cells in vaccines, you know, there are people who don't want transfusions, right, so don't think that they would want these types of fetal cells and things like that, right, so I think it's really, that's it, the, the transparency of what's actually in them, um, it's really, yeah, I, a point that I want to make is that in terms of like the positioning of vaccines, people always talk about the efficacy and how we're saving lives and all these things. And it's all like, yeah, how important they are because they work, right? It's efficacy in terms of like pharmaceutical, like marketing and stuff. And when you're marketing to um, patients, like you're not supposed to do any of this stuff. And it's very like clear when you're talking about something that's working, whether it's efficacy or safety and safety is the side effects and how people respond to this and how it affects their quality of life. But in vaccines, it's been completely interchanged. It's like now it's like efficacy is the only thing that matters because we're saving lives. The safety doesn't even matter. Like we don't even talk about it. We don't ask about it. It's safe for everyone, which is just so it's not, not truly, true. It's not a truly informed mm-hmm. uh, decision, even if you do yeah. decide to vaccinate. Like, because you're not even, you're just blindly taking it. They don't even tell you the possible symptoms, side effects. I mean, the first time I've ever seen it was the commercials for the COVID vaccine where they did list symptoms and side effects. That's the first time I've ever heard of it attached from like a, yeah, other than from a conversation like this, I guess, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's exactly it. I think that it's like this, the problem is that there's this false sense of consent and of knowing what people are getting into, but it's not like, yeah, I was never given a form. There's actually, um, it's on the Mother's Mary, Mother's Mary blog. We have two blogs on vaccination and there's one of them that I linked um, this organization wrote like a true consent form of all of the side effects. And it's like, I consent to potentially dying from a heart attack. 
I consent to, you know? And it's just like, I was never given this with my children. Same. Like, it was just like, oh, there might be a little bit of diarrhea and fussiness. And like, okay. Mm-hmm. But verbally, just literally verbally told as we're like sitting them, prepping them, holding the thing, you know? It's not like, okay, here are the risks. Here are the benefits. What would you like? You know? So I think yeah. that that's, that's where the issue comes with, yeah, like ingredients and, and, and true, like, consent and things like that in the relationship going back again to the relationship between the doctor patient like that isn't building trust that isn't building relationship that isn't building yeah in education and informed decisions i'm in charge here this is what you need to do yes yeah yeah exactly and there's so much pressure and so when you have um that's it like societies and you know women who have these types of wounding around speaking up for ourselves and standing up to, you know, the patriarchy. And, you know, it's very difficult to do that, especially when you have, that's it, like, you know, unhealed trauma and things like that. Like when you get sort of forced into it and really made to feel terrible and like, don't see grandma if you don't get vaccinated, you know, like people like you, 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 you like you panic, you, you literally go into these like PTSD type of responses and you just, yeah, flow into the motions without really realizing what's, what's happening, you know? So yeah, personally, I had a lot, a lot of healing to do on that. Like with realizing that my children were injured, it, it broke my heart because I felt like I had mm. made a mistake. I had hurt, hurt them because I just didn't ask. I didn't bother to look into it more. Well, and, and it sounds like it may not have been acknowledged by anyone except for you. Exactly. So. That too. That's <laughs> it. That's what happens is a lot of moms then get gaslighted. So you have another trauma response. It's wild. Like no mother wakes up one day with like a small baby being like, you know what, I'm going to take down the farm industry today. I am going afterwards. And I'm going to say that, you know, like I'm, I'm going to work on my kid. Like no one puts themselves through that. Right. Like we just end up in that position because people aren't taking care of our kids. They're not listening to it. Like you're saying before Kristen, like, I know my kids, thank you. You know? And yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. The, like the power of mother's intuition has been completely like diminished and disempowered and that's it. We don't, moms are just not believed. They've been like gaslighted. They've been labeled anti-vaxxers. And so their kids are not getting the appropriate help and resources. And it's really, it's really, really sad. It seems like they debunk everyone, including mothers and parents of mm-hmm. kids that doesn't agree with what they've set to, you know, yep. the set schedule or whatever. Yep. And even exactly freaking doctors they're like no this isn't correct you know Mm -hmm. like what you researched dr wakefield is wrong well yeah that's interesting yeah exactly that we've seen a lot of that happening in in with covid right a lot of doctors are being censored as well pages being taken down doctors who are not saying the same narrative doctors who beforehand were already treating their patients with hydroxychloroquine and vitamin d like they it was illegal for them to do that. Like they literally were like, they were having a hard time with the pharmacist when it filled their scripts. Mm-hmm. Like I remember seeing a video saying, I prescribed this treatment and then the pharmacist wouldn't issue it to their patients, you know, like because that's it, the government had given the orders that this wasn't like full use, which is bullshit because in pharma and in medicine, you have this other concept called off-label use, which is where you use a medication for a disease or a condition that's not studied or indicated in so when drugs go to market they get approved with indications so you can treat this you can use this to treat a b and c and sometimes 
the more indications you have, the more like money maker your drug is. And so there are drugs that that's it. They end up having a side effect that helps something else. And then they become used for that. It's just like, oh, we were trying to like, you know, treat your blood pressure, but it turns out mm -hmm. it's helping you with your bowel movements. So yeah, you could still use it for, you know, and they don't good, digest test, good digestive health. Treatment for that is what you're saying. They don't do like a study in treatment for that. No, it's just, it's just an it's added just, and they've cleared it. Like exactly, exactly, exactly. And then you have a lot of physicians exchanging this information and showing that they're having success in this. So that becomes off label use and off label use. They all talk about it and share in best like practices and things like that. So very, very interesting that, um, that was actually something else. My, my doctor, like the example that I gave you was because my two-year-old at one point had issues with going to the bathroom and they were giving him a powder called Miralax. And um, it's super common for kids, this fucking purple bottle. Like, it's, anyway, it's super common. Yeah, and my son, um, we were oh, recommended the same thing. So <laughs> I thought it was absurd. I was like, it does not make sense that my two year old needs medication to poop. Okay. Pooping is natural, it is a common function. There's a problem. Like, there's something else at the root of this. So I went looking and I found this group with like 15,000 people, parents from Marilax, come to find out it's fucking off label use. It's not even prescribed to treat like constipation in young children. And they wanted to give it to my two-year-old because it's common and it's been shown that it's, it's safe that way. It's, it's wild, but that's it. Apparently so it's safe or just shown that it helps you poop. <laughs> exactly. You know, I exactly. can also go drink like a <laughs> bottle of oil, olive oil, and that might make me poop or something's gonna come out, you know? Like, Seriously, yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, off-label use, the whole thing. But apparently, it wasn't appropriate for COVID. We're in a pandemic. People are dying, right? So many people are dying. You would think that an off-label use, which is being commonly done in other ways, other medicines, you would think that that would be like appropriate because hello, like if all these people are dying so much, like you got to do what we got to do, right? Like, but nope, the doctors were red tape and blocked and platforms taken away and things like that for using hydroxychloroquine before it was, yeah, it was like, mandated too. I don't even know if in the US and Canada. I know that in like there are places in Europe that have said now that hydroxychloroquine is good treatment for COVID. But um yeah first yeah here it was it was horrific like to put your patients in that situation, you know, to risk their lives trying to save them from something that's so deadly. I don't even know. Yeah. Well, this has been so informative and fascinating. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed you bringing the, like, even just taking it out further it with you using the word disempowerment and how that's in the system and how really even the doctors are a victim of it. And, um, yeah, that's definitely an interesting and important piece of it. Thank you. Yeah. It's, you're welcome. It's, yeah, it's really, that's, that's really what Mother's Mary is all about because we've realized how deep social conditioning goes and, I mean, I guess there are, potentially there could be like good ways and positive things out of social conditioning. And we are like social creatures, but in the sense of how we've been living it now, especially like as women and as mothers, it's, it's totally like in a disempowering way, you know, like we're conditioned mm -hmm. to fit into this box, do this, do that, act this way, you know, really follow this system. And mm -hmm. it's not a system that, that works. And that's how they keep us in it is because they disempower us with all these other 
And then the we are labeled and discredited when we step outside that. You're crazy, you're Softly. foolish, you're wild, mm-hmm. you're all kinds of things. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of feeling there too. <laughs> like a year mm-hmm. ago, I said I could not have this conversation a year ago because the minute people would call me a conspiracy anti-vaxxer, I would like, I would just lose it. Like I could not handle that type of misinterpretation of my character and being like labeled that way because my intentions were so good and they're so like I'm just like like now I literally think I'm like I'm saving the babies like when I talk about this like I literally could save a life you know like I yeah because they don't even talk about SIDS but that's like a whole other like I don't think that sudden infant death syndrome is a thing healthy babies don't just drop for nothing it's like no it's not how the immune system works if you do an autopsy, there should be an organ failure. There should be a pathogen. There, there's something, right? They don't just like drop. And I think that it was, yeah, it's, it was invented to explain all these deaths from vaccination. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's a really, really wild, wild world that, that we live in right now. Yeah. yeah. So we have, we to, we have to be empowered. We start uncovering those things, it feels even more wild. It does because it's it. It's yeah. These, I mean, I, yeah. I truly believe like we've been on this path for a long time, and a lot of things have happened beforehand to you know position things a certain way and do things a certain way. And really, there's yeah. It's like there's a reason that moms are so disempowered. You know, like this women like yeah, women for centuries and centuries have held you know healing positions and you know in terms of like yeah, villages and shamans and yeah, just healing medicine women, right? And pair that with mother's intuition. Like there's, yeah, there's been a lot of attacks on that. And I think we've severely dis- been disempowered in that way. So Yeah, because we can't know better than men. No, 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 especially not a doctor. Yeah, that's it, you know, and I feel so bad. And I used to be that mom. I used to be that mom who the minute my kids would be like, sick and it's like I would check it like as soon as it would go over 24 hours of fever like I was at the doctor's office and we're checking it out and here's and blah, 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 you know and the antibiotics and all that stuff and now it's like I've like yeah I've grown into like myself and my confidence and now it's like nope I know exactly what to do to reinforce your immune system and we're gonna take a detox bath and we're gonna do all the stuff and that's it I will go when it feels out of scope but it doesn't it's not my default like reaction anymore you know I find it really really mm-hmm. sad that many moms don't don't have that confidence in themselves they're just so scared and that's it it's they've been they've been like targeted that way like they've been disempowered in that way through yeah. that's it all these messages and, and things like that you know? mm-hmm. literally override our natural our natural instincts yeah as an individual and as a community like as a group of women or yeah so. yeah yeah, on a mission to re-empower the moms. <laughs> it's, awesome. it's gonna make a it's gonna make a difference for our for our children. You know, it's like when you when moms heal, well, anyone when any individual heals themselves, they heal their ancestral line and they heal for their children. So if you're focusing on moms and getting them empowered and healing, then that the impact is you know, huge. Yep, it's legacy. Yeah. It yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the? Um, it's a viral video. It's the best. I shared it and basically it's like this girl walks into like a dentist office or something and she's waiting she goes to sit in the waiting room and all these people there's like a buzzer every like two minutes and people stand up and so all these people are doing it she doesn't know that there's like an experiment and so like these five people stand up and then she's like waiting and waiting she's looking around and it takes her two three minutes but she ends up fucking standing up 
just because after like three minutes, she like can't deal. So she has no idea why they're all doing this every two minutes when this sound happens, but everyone's doing it. So I'm going to do it too, you know? Then the people all start leaving for their appointment. She's ended up being the only person left. She keeps fucking doing it. Like it's <laughs> the most mind blowing experiment of life. It's, yeah, it's really, really wild. And it's I've funny. Seen, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I've seen one of those where they have people like out on the street and they just have like five people waiting in line. Pretty sh- soon enough, you've got 50 people in line. They don't know, even know what they're lining up for. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> human nature. We're, we definitely are social animals in that sense, and that's it. That's, it can be used against us, you know? Totally. And super quick, basically, with the COVID vaccines is that, yeah, mRNA was used in cancer therapy, and I actually I had a client that um, once, I once worked on this, and it's basically because it programs these mRNA cells to attack the cancer cells and leave the healthy cells alone. So it's better than chemo and radiation that kill all healthy and non-healthy cells, right? Mm -hmm. And then that's it. So this technology of mRNA has basically been brought over to these vaccines and they're saying that that's it. They want to program it to, I guess, attack like the COVID vaccine, the COVID bacteria. Um, But yeah, the to me, it's just like my biggest question was, okay, but then what happens to that if there's no COVID in my system? Because there's nothing for it to do. What do those cells go and attack and reprogram? You know what I mean? It's not, for me, it's not something that you want, like, hanging out in your body, you know? Question. Yeah. What did you say, Kim? I said that poses a good question. Like, if there's not the COVID in my body, where is it going? Yeah. yeah. What, is it what are these cells doing? Exactly. I just posted a blog. Like we have one blog that's all vaccine research, general stuff, like we've talked about a lot. And then the other one is why I won't be getting the COVID vaccine. And there's like a paper that's linked there. It's like a pretty official paper. It's a position statement basically stating that there's no clinical trials. There's only emergency use that's been mm-hmm. authorized because of this pandemic. There's really like no long-term use at all. Like terrific, absolute crimes against humanity to vaccinate pregnant women with the COVID vaccine right now. Like, I mm. truly believe that it's crimes against humanity. Yeah, that's that not. does, um, I think. <laughs> and they're telling it, people, because that your immune system's down, that you need it, and you're, it's really unsafe for you to not have it. Um, Again, yeah. disempowerment, fear stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to empower that and use it to, that's it, empower moms, because... I really believe that when people understand things, like it makes a big difference. Like I said, yeah. A lot, yeah. But that's a whole nother. (laughs) (laughs) That that too is, yeah. That's a whole, yeah, it is, it is. Lots of healing, childhood stuff, probably past life stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. All right. Take care, ladies. It was so nice to chat with you. Have an amazing day. Thank you. Bye. Hello, goodbye. <laughs> Chip chat. So we're going to do something a little different today. Since this episode ran a little long. <sighs> My kids are deciding to run up the stairs while I'm recording. <laughs> Even though I just told them I was. So we're going to just <laughs> do things a little differently. Just for this episode. Maybe in future ones. I don't know. But 
both of these episodes about vaccinations kind of ran long. So Kimberly and I decided we're going to combine the chip chat and we're just going to make it its own separate episode where we talk about both the perspectives and what we thought about it and where we stand now. And we just want to thank you so much for joining us, for listening to both of the episodes. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. This helps our stories be heard. And until next time, be enlightened, live your best life, and always stay Frank and Chipper.